Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And I, I almost lost myself there, but I still got the co-host extraordinaire. So yeah, that was good. That's the that's the most important part. Uh, this this week we're doing uh, the Lone Ranger, and you know it's it's <laughs> going to be an interesting show, I guess, especially because. Uh, Shane's got his whole Tonto regalia going here, so I think he liked it in, quite a lot. In, I came in in a little black mask and themed <laughs> right, right. It was cool. If only we had that, or we could just. It, it would. I was thinking that we could I was switch the lame, intro. How lame it would have been if we just started off with the theme music for cool. all the films. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, that's the big thing that's getting crushed by Despicable Me Two this week. Yeah. But it really uh, is. It, too. It is getting crushed, but it's not like it's getting crushed and it's doing absolutely horrible. It's not getting great reviews or anything, right. but um, you know, going back over the last couple of weeks and considering where we are, right. and we've only—it's not like nobody's going to see it or anything. It's right. not like it's a complete tank. There's a lot of people going to the movies right now, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. I mean, really crazy numbers. And between the questionable, if not negative, reviews, and there's some positive slants. Superman, The Lone Ranger, you know, all right. these all these films and there, that are and there's doing t- amazing. There's tons of stuff. It's a really busy summer. in theaters right so, now. And, you, you know, you got White House down and the heat and stuff. So right. people are spreading themselves out. So even like, especially considering that there are all those other things still out there for people to, you know, they didn't quite get it on opening weekend or right. something like that. You know, it's not doing that bad. Right. It, it's not It's not doing exactly. what they were hoping, but right. But it's not doing that bad. And a lot of that has probably got to do with the fact that the thing is really getting kind of killed in reviews. There's, really there's not a lot of people – like middle of the road is kind of the best you, you're hoping for if you find right. a review right now because there aren't a lot of people saying, oh, my God, I love The Lone Ranger right. and it's right. the next greatest thing. Right. So uh, anyway, that's what we'll be covering. We have uh, uh, email to get to, <laughs> which is really cool. And um, – you know, the email comes from a long-time listener. I don't laugh because At we have an email. I laugh because just before the show went live, you said to me, I can't wait to read this and put you on the spot. Well, it's so not, I'm like, it's not right. like in a bad way. It's just that, no, it's, I think it's, you know, it's, just right. that it's a question that kind of will, uh, I guess, test your ability to kind of like quickly think of something. Unless, mm. unless this question just actually kind of resonates with something that you were thinking anyway. <laughs> okay. And then you would have your answer like really easily. Yeah. Um, before before we get to the to the exact question, I just want to say we still have uh, we we still have our contest going where you can win every movie that we review in 2013, and all you have to do basically is uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, right. Go subscribe. Uh, leave leave. You have to leave a. Uh, a review. You can't just rate us because, right. uh, unfortunately, there's no way we would ever know who you are. So you right. have to actually leave the review, and then that way we can know that you did it, right? right. And, uh, you know, you go to rdscreening.com, and it is easy to find, especially if you look on any of the of the posts for the podcast. Right. Uh, then you can find, you know, the specific 
page where you have to like leave a comment on that page or you know you can google are you screening i don't know gives away every movie something sure. will, something will come sure. up whatever anyway um the reason i mention that right now is because uh we <laughs> we got this email <laughs> from phil okay who did not say where he was from? Which it's funny because everybody, everybody at first, they always would said, always say yeah. where they were from. It was almost like uh, you know they were used to calling into radio shows where you right. go, "I'm Phil from Saskatchewan, yeah. whatever," and you you like say where you're from right. when you call into a radio show. And now no one does anymore, yeah. which is perfectly fine with me, except that it was kind of fun to see where Curious. people yeah. were from, and you and know, they could have we, we had like people from. London. Right, and we had all people all over, over and, 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 people, and that was cool. There'll be jokers out there. They'll be like, "Hi, I'm Dave from Singapore." Right, you know, and they're right and around the sure corner. you are. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Curiously, this that's what I would do. This Gibran guy is from <laughs> uh, India. Yeah, yeah exactly. well, he's from another planet. So exactly, that's all right. Uh, so, so anyway, um, the reason that I wanted to mention that is because uh, I, I know that Phil has not <laughs> entered the contest. Bill, <laughs> we're hooking up your and your he email. claims that he's a long time listener. No, right. I I well, actually maybe, I don't know. Maybe he has. All right, we trust you. I'm just I'm just we trust you to do yanking right Phil's thing. chain right. right now because we're tight <laughs> right. like that. Right. So yeah. uh, Phil's question uh, before we get into the Lone Ranger, his question I thought it was really cool and uh, doesn't actually have anything to do with any movies we've reviewed or. Mm-hmm. You know, giving us any crap about any, anything we had to say, which, which you know, that happens. Send those in too, because Absolutely. that's fine. We, I've been taken before, exactly. and you have too. I love it. So, um, his question is, uh, you know, any movie critic, uh, whoever you are, and why ever you do it or whatever, can't actually see every movie that comes out right. in a year. And we do see a hell of a lot of movies, but there's just no way to see like every movie that comes out. And even uh, given the things that you know become the things that you're supposed to see, right? Because you know you have to make your top ten list. You know you have to you have to have your yearly list. And right. uh, and he conveniently mentioned the fact that I have to vote for the Broadcast Film right. Critics Association. <laughs> so you have to see certain things. Yeah, because those are the things you have to see. But so his question is, last year, was there anything that you didn't get to see by the time you had to say what the best movies of the year were that you've now managed to see and catch up with Mm -hmm. that you said, oh, that was really good and that should have been on my list or something? Was there any like little sleepery type thing or something that – you know, he's just looking for a no, a, and that's a good cool. movie to pick it, up it, or something. It's unfortunate that's not that everyone's talking. I'm going to hijack that for just a second because as you were telling me that, I'm thinking, yeah, there's one outstanding, glaring, easy answer to this. And then you said that, you know, and then you're telling me that Phil said, you know, that was good. The good, <laughs> the good quantifier is the thing that killed it because I was about to say, yeah, I didn't see Zero Dark Thirty. In, oh, in in the time period of last right, year, right. and it was this big Oscar thing, right? And it was the one film that we just didn't get to, and I saw it at the start of this year, which, right? Uh, you know, and I'm a list, I'm a list lover, I'm a listophobe, uh, listophile. You're the listophobe, right? <laughs> and and for me, if I didn't see it before December 31st, I don't count it, even if I saw it on January 1st. I'm not going to cheat and sneak it in. 
And I saw it, I think, like on the 3rd of January. And I was just like, that stinks, that that's not the first film I saw this year, but it was right. one of the first. And I should have saw it last year. But, but for you, that's just adding but, fuel to your worst of the year. Like, right. Well, and and we're exactly. looking for right. I know. And that's why I was like, right. yeah, this is going to be one of these easy things. I actually managed to, not on purpose, but I didn't get to see Zero Dark Thirty. Right. But something this year that was good that I missed from last year. Um, I don't. I don't think that that Nothing. is yet. Right. I I think have, have all the things. Have you been playing enough catch up? To I've been playing a little bit of catch up, right. and strangely enough, this is what we were talking about last night. Um, it's almost a seasonal thing, and it and it is in some part due to just the DVD releases of things and how I can. Right. I don't. You know, I'm not just saying this for the placating nature of saying it. I don't really pirate movies right. online. I don't go right. looking for illegal well, and then, things. So and then, I don't. I don't do it unless I get a screener. The thing that makes it this interesting, um, I guess, a much easier thing for me. Although, um, you know, we work together, and so we, you know, we get to take advantage of things right. and stuff. But um, I, I get at the end of the year, I get virtually every yeah. movie that that came out, except for movies. That are you know once it's award season and, right. and then everyone goes you watch our movie and right. nominate us and vote for it and everything so I so by the end of the year I get screeners of everything so and I can't watch them all right right so then as time goes on it's it, it's much easier yeah. for me to like catch up and, sure. and stuff like that and you know you get some of those yeah. uh, some of that exposure well, too but not to the same extent that I have time to do it. Right, no, and it's true. And And for the most part, though, up until, it's so weird to me to think that it's July officially. Like, the year's half over. (laughs) Like, this is a very fast year. But so far up to this year, I haven't been seeing a ton, I've been watching movies, but I haven't been seeing a ton of things that I've missed. What I've been doing is I've been catching up on TV. And either pay cable or just over-the-air stuff, the the awesome shows that everyone has been talking about. And you right. and I last night, you know, we won't bore everybody with it. We had like a 20, 25-minute discussion just on TV in the theater while we were waiting. There's a ton of TV that I've fallen behind on, and I'm trying to catch up. And I don't mean like, you know, season 63 of American Idol, <laughs> you know, that I right. need to know, you know, who's going to be it. I just... There's so many shows, there's so many good things out, and there's so much powerful stuff on television right now. It it goes in line partially with what you said to start that whole thing off from Phil, which is, you know, there is a way to see a lot of movies. I mean, we see a lot of films. There's a way to really dedicate yourself to seeing like 300 films a year. Right. But the sacrifice for that is it's not the loss of friends because maybe your friends really love movies. It's your relationships you know, your job, you know, all, unless right. that's it, unless that's just your obsessive, your obsessive thing is to see all these films. You can't do it. You right. See even as, as you can. Even most movie critics who have, you know, legitimate jobs in papers or magazines right. or or by now, you know, online things where they're very serious and they're real critics. Yeah. Even though they don't work for a magazine or a newspaper or whatever. Yeah. Still, it's like maybe like 80 to 90 movies a year right. is – is about what you seriously see. I don't know what you you know you can only you you can only yeah. write on so many movies and you know sometimes it's maybe like three a week mm-hmm. and and you're really pushing it right. and crazy. But most 
critics don't do that. I mean, I had a banner year, a couple a week. This and you, you scoffed at me. You thought I was padding the numbers at one point, whether you remember this or not. Uh Last year was an amazing year. I saw over 150 films, and I didn't count when I when I keep track of the films that I watched. If I rewatch Star Wars, you know, I note it once as a rewatch, and then if I see it three more times, I don't keep notching it. a lot of the films that I saw were with my girlfriend's son, and they were the first time I'd seen things like Finding Nemo and Ratatouille, you know, just things right. that just I didn't really have a reason to see them. I saw so many films last year, and it, and counting rewatches only one time, you know, I still saw more than I probably should have, but I didn't feel like my life was in jeopardy. I didn't feel like <laughs> I was losing my job or my relationship or my friendships or anything. I'll have to think about it. I'll, I'll, I'll right. really have to look yeah, at the list. Yeah, we've totally gone so. off the deep end of answering that yeah. question, but not like we've gone um, to nothing through. stands out for you right now. Nothing and, good. And see, it's different because bad right every, now you know, we're zero like I said, we're putting you on the spot. Yeah. And you, did you and miss it's anything? Like, Boom! Did you, did you see anything? You know, the only thing that <laughs> maybe uh, you'll jar my memory. The, the only thing that jumped out at me, and I did not exactly like research this. Yeah. effectively and right. say which of these did I watch before and which of them did I watch after and I'm not really sure and everything but the movie for me that uh, really stood out and now the question is I don't know if it would necessarily make it onto my top 10 list of last year's movies right? Um, but one that was really big is uh, Butter and I can't remember actually if I watched that like right at the end of the year Right, because you know, in November and December, I watch like three to four times as many movies as any other time, you know, in the year. So, I mean, it's just all a blur of when I watched what movie, and I don't, you know, mark stuff on my calendar and go, "This, this is exactly when I watched this one." And this is what I was, you know, I'm gonna at at one back and watch, want to know exactly when I watched it or something. But that movie, it's uh, Jennifer Garner. And it's this uh, it's this crazy movie that is about butter sculpting, and it's in like <laughs> Iowa or yeah. whatever it is, where that's like a big thing at like the state fair. And um, you know, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now, and it bugs me because uh, he's always big in in the Emmy time of TV stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, the guy who plays Phil Dunphy on Modern Family, yeah, I'm. Completely spacing on his name right now. Me but too. It sucks. And I he, can he's in it, and he's Jennifer Garner's husband, and he's like the king of the butter competition, and mm-hmm. he's won the thing, you know, like I don't eight or ten years in a row or something like that, and and basically now they've asked him to like not compete anymore. Right. Like they've asked him to step down and let somebody <laughs> else have a turn. But Jennifer Garner is his wife, and she is like this crazy, you know, it's like she's the first lady or something. She's got some, right. like, uh, amount of, you know, prestige because her husband is the the king of this. Right. And she's kind of, like, living off of it or something, and she wants him to, like, run for office and stuff <laughs> because he's famous and everything. So she doesn't want to let that die, and she's crazy. So she enters mm-hmm. right and and then there's some little kid that enters <laughs> and and the, the little kid is amazing and right. and does all these really interesting things and then you know everything goes haywire and i, I don't know it's it's crazy movie but it's really a lot of fun and and That's it was cool. and it was funny and and it probably would have been kind of close on my on my list 
you know, if not actually making it there, because it's just hilarious. It. It's just a special kind of hilarious. I just know. had to, uh, I just had to look up real quick before we move on, because I couldn't remember. Like I just admitted, I don't. I mean, I know it's July, but it, the, the year has moved so quick. I actually thought that um, Mud with Matthew McConaughey was released at the end of last year. It was released like eight weeks ago. Yeah, like, that's see, how bad that's, my timing. That's is. the weird. Thing about really, that too, really like we talked maybe about mud, this. Maybe mud would be the film, and I'm like, well, it was just released well, at the start, of right? Friday, so we talked good. about this before too, but that's all. They're already talking about like when that's coming out, yeah, on Blu-ray, right? And I don't know when it is, but it's you know like middle of August or something. Even though I mean it, it did like it just came out, right? But right, it's so bad, well, so weird. But anyway, it was a small a release, cool but everybody loves that movie. And, but and this is an easy time to remind everybody: look, we love emails. You know, send them to you all over the place. There's all kinds of places. You still have, if I'm remembering right, there's still a way for people to actually, though they can't call in because we are live right now, but they right. can leave voicemails. Like they can do this thing, like ask us something. Right, right this second they can't, okay. but but yeah, in general they can. Because we love thing. the, I mean, we love the right. questions. So there's all kinds of ways. You right, can any them. way Twitter, you can email Facebook, us anything you want. Right, so. you can uh, email, but not right just now. email us at areyouscreening.com. <laughs> you can email us at. Mark Eastman at areyouscreening.com. You can also email us at questions at areyouscreening.com <laughs> just to make that right. simpler for everyone. This reminds me of that time you right. read off that big URL for the History <laughs> right. Channel I'll tell or something. You exactly. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, anyway. And, and hey, that's another thing, too. If, you, if you're looking for a sci-fi movie. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the plugs never so, stop. So, all right. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to make another plug too because um i think starting next week you know there's this uh really new thing for ipad called uh touchcast right and starting next week i think what we're gonna try to do hopefully next week hopefully we'll get everything together in order to to try and do it next week but we're gonna do the the touchcast is this video like presentation kind of thing where you can add all stuff to your videos. But anyway, check it out at the App Store uh, on TouchCast. We're going to, I think, do like a five-minute like kind of re-wrap-up of, yeah. of the whole thing. And and I want people to uh, check that out. And then, you know, I wouldn't mind it, actually. People would send us some emails and go, yeah. you know what you should do? Right. Because we have our thoughts on what we would do with that. And eventually, we may just do that the whole show. Right. If as that system itself progresses and expands in time and stuff, so you know, let us know some thoughts about that. Okay. Anyway, finally, the Lone Ranger, right? Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's hard to know where to start with the Lone Ranger, no, it's except easy. that so <laughs> it, it stars. What'd you, it, what'd you it's give it? It's easy for you. All right, fine. Um, I was gonna kind of have like a little tiny <laughs> no, introduction thing, but um, no, that's cool. We can just go with the stars. The thing that is, you know, the Lone Ranger is very weird for me personally. <laughs> okay. Just because, um, you know, it's not like I'm old enough for radio, right? But I'm old <laughs> enough to have a dad who right. would stick the reruns in the cassette player right. on, like, trips. And we would listen to the old-time radio shows and everything. Yep. And, you know, the Lone Ranger is kind of a weird creature in making movies out of stuff because, you know, it's not something that started in a comic book. Right. It, you know, it's not something that, you know, progressed. It There was a TV show, but there was a mm-hmm. TV show because there was a radio show. Right. And, and 
there are very few things that started as a radio show that now have progressed into, you know, I mean, there's the Green Hornet. There's the Shadow. And, and there's... But they're not like Sherlock Holmes stuff. They're, but they're not like really huge is. things. None of them right? were ever huge. Yeah. And uh, and you know the Green Hornet, by the way, related to the Lone Ranger. Yep, so I do, which is a really funny, weird for trivia. Whoever <laughs> whoever didn't know that, but yep. uh, but it's really it, it's really kind of weird when you think about the whole history of this. It's really it's a very different history that you're trying to live up to than right. things that came from comic books, right? right. Um, but anyway, we can just jump in with the stars i guess there's there's something about the fact that this was a radio show that makes this movie weird for me i guess but um we'll hear more about it i am i think pretty fairly committed to (laughs) one star yeah and i really don't want to be though i mean you want to be more or you want to be less I, I well, I want to be more. I, I don't know if I want to be more. Maybe I want to want to be more yeah, <laughs> or something. Yeah. I, I I really wish I could give this more, but I can't. And you know, I I love Johnny Depp, and I liked him in it, and I I liked Army Hammer pretty well. Mm-hmm. I didn't like where they where bigger people than him went with the character, but that's not his fault. Right. But as far as he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. I thought he did perfectly fine. Yep. Uh, I, I thought there were other people in it who were, you know, strange. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, I, I can't really fault a lot of the actors. And there are a lot of actors I like. I really like Tom Wilkinson yeah. in general. And, you know, he's okay in this. He didn't have to do anything but, but just uh, show up anyway. Right. But, you know, I really just – all I can do is is one star. There are so many things about it that are so horrible – and the worst part about that for me is that if you'd have just taken everything and given it to other people, this could have really been a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and it irritates me. Yeah. No, <laughs> I get it. There was a lot of stuff for us to talk about, you know, just like your intro to it. Um, it's an interesting property. And, and again, it's in on paper in a boardroom, you know, in a pitch session session. This thing is money. This thing's perfect. Right. This is the same crew that did the first, you know, all the Pirates of the Caribbean. We have films. all but, you're doing is making money, man. But if if you put you're all good. the same ingredients into, you know, this thing, like, hey, I got an idea. Let's put weird makeup on Johnny Depp and make him wear strange clothes and he can do whatever he wants to do in this time period piece where we're going to have, you know, Gore Verbinski and all the money behind it. And we're going to we're going to put lightning in a bottle again. Right. That sounds so awesome. And I was on the way over here trying to figure out how can I make this one and a half stars? And I, I was like, how could taking, you add another Yeah, half? I was like, make right. it, make it better because you know you love watching Johnny Depp and all these things, and it is as it is at best one star. Yeah, I came real close to just being half a star because all the things that I liked about it, which we'll all, you know, we've got enough time to get into all of them. It's not, it's not right. a whole, it's not a huge plethora of stuff. But the stuff that I really liked about it, I did. But all the detractions are so heavy and huge, right? And repetitive, and they just they really weigh it down. For for me, so I'm one star too. For me, it was kind of like um, it when I was trying to think about the stars, and I was like, you know, where where am I really? There there was a point at which I was going, how is this better than Crystal Skull? Yeah. And is it 
is there stuff in it that I can say, no, but it's better than Crystal Skull, so I can give it right. like one star. Right. And there is. Yeah, there, there is. There is at least that much stuff, but man, is it trying hard to yeah. dissuade me. It is yeah. trying really hard to say, this is like a movie that, uh, you know, I, I hate to still bring up Roger Ebert, but Crystal Skull is like the big Roger That's Ebert it. thing. Yeah. This is a movie made by people who read Roger Ebert's review of The Crystal Skull <laughs> yeah. and went, yep, see? Yeah. <laughs> right. And just, all we have to do is I, make stuff absolutely ridiculous, and yeah. and there you go, and have cool stuff. And, you know, one of the things that really, really irritates me about this movie, and it kind of connects to Crystal Skull, basically, mm-hmm. is like, if this movie would have come out and you had basically like the same script because – one of the worst things for me about the movie is that I like the story. If you actually strip, if you story. actually right. strip everything away, and like kind of the stuff they did to it, you know, I mean, some of the stuff they yeah. did to it anyway. But you got the whole Tonto thing. You got the whole, you know, it's it's very kind of a throwback story, which is good yeah. because I feel like it should be. Right. But if you strip away all of the, you know. Bruckheimer, Verbinski-ified parts of the movie, right? Just the story. I think the story is actually pretty cool. And a lot of the stuff that happens in it, even when you get to, at a certain point, you really get to kind of a very old-school kind of special effect action scenes that are, you know, like from when this was a TV show or when we actually made a lot of Western movies and stuff like, you know, there's the parts where you're jumping on the train and, and, and the horse is riding on the train, which actually got really silly at one point. But, you know, you've got um, Johnny Depp is doing that whole ladder thing. Yeah. Which that was actually awesome. I love the ladder thing. If you like, very subtle, if you like committed to that kind of sensibility for the whole movie, and just right. went, look, what we're making is like a 1940s Western movie, the way that they would make it. Right. But we're giving them added abilities of how to make stuff. Right. Then the whole movie would have been cool. But, but um, yeah. you know, what I was going to say is if this movie had come out like a year after Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah, this would have been an awesome movie. Because whoever you'd had right. running the show, right. we'd been building off, you know, there's something, there's something about making like a, a – more like a stupid action movie. I mean, even Raiders of the Lost Ark is in itself kind of a stupid action movie. Like, hang on, like, now. like building off of you know Alan Quartermain movies all right, and, and but, all this stuff. But in a good way. I mean, but if you if you really look at it enough, it's still it's like it's stupid action. It's like running from a big boulder. It's not like it, it's not like you're going what we're going to do is make a movie as realistic as it can be. And there's going to be lots of action and stuff. It's like a goofy, fun movie, magic entertainment kind of thing. And there's, there's a way that you can do that. And it's a decent thing to watch. And then there's a way that you can do it and you're making crystal skull. Right. And this is leaning way farther on the crystal skull side, but it's got these like Raiders of the Lost Exactly. Parts and, going on. And it comes from that time, like what you were saying, you know, exactly. It comes from that serialized, whether it's, you know, fully on radio or TV, like that was an era where those movie serials were popular. And that's basically what Raiders is. It's just an extended 
right. compilation of all those serials and, together, and they did it right. And but, even yeah. if you stick in, you know, older Western movies from like 40s and 50s <laughs> right. and stuff, you know, the action scenes are largely stupid, yeah. even when they're good. I mean, right. a lot of, you know, there's whether there's a guy, I don't know, you know, if anyone nowadays, it's funny because, you know, people don't know guns and stuff. But, you know, if you ever watch Top Shot. Yeah, you know that no one in these movies can make any of those shots that they make, but that's like you know Western stuff, idea. and yeah. that's and that's fine. Right. I mean, when he takes like when someone takes a crazy shot, and you know the Lone Ranger's gig is that he tries his best to He's, shoot yeah. the gun out of people's hands, right? right? Um, you know when he makes those crazy shots and stuff, you know that's that's fine, right? When when the rabbits are like werewolves or whatever they are, or, right. you know, some crazy thing, then you're just like in stupid land now. It's like some, <laughs> it's like somehow you're trying to build in completely ridiculous things because you've got those parts available for the ride you're making at Disneyland right. later. You know, right. I mean, it's I, I don't, there's so much, and then e- even if you you know look back at like climbing over railway cars or jumping from the horse to the train or stuff, all stuff that happened in the forties and fifties movies that no one said that could never happen. Right. Because there's like a point where that could never happen is okay because you're watching the cool actiony, you know, borderline superhero right. type stuff happen and you don't care. But this has gone like crystal Way skull with rail. it. I yeah. mean, it's like insane it's stuff happens and it's not fun anymore. Once it's, yeah. Once it's crazy enough, then it's not fun. And, you know, one of the th- the really weird thing about this movie is that, you know, when you're watching the trailer and there's that one right. part that looks really stupid. Right. And we talked about that for over a year. Right. <laughs> when yeah. they uh, they jump off the train, they slide for God knows how long right. off the train, run into one of the cars or yeah. something, and then they just go, ooh, I'm fine. And then the big thing shoots out the, right. I don't know, the whatever you call it, the part running the wheels of the train shoots right. out and it flies through the air and lands right between their legs. And that's yeah. what keeps the train from squishing them. Right. And we were talking forever watching the trailer. If you, if you've watched the trailer and, you know, thought that makes the movie look goofy, that's one of the least goofy things that happens in the movie. I yeah, mean, no that's actually right. not that bad right. compared to everything reasonable. else. Pretty reasonable. So, I mean, that's really all you need to know about the movie is it, is that it's just not trying in, in some yeah. sense, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, we were – okay, just to get the small footnotes and the semantics. Technically, I even joked with you. Technically, this is a very instant reaction. You know, we saw oh, yeah. this movie today. Right. You know, we went to the movie yesterday at noon, but we got done with it, you know, after midnight. That's how long it feels. And no 3D. We just we saw it late last night. And I'm watching this film. And in, in typical fashion for longtime listeners or anyone that knows us, they'll be stunned to hear that we think that this is like two hours too long. Right. <laughs> this right. is this is a two hour and uh, 39 minute film that feels like four hours. Yeah, it, and it is long. And I, my first reaction when I was seeing a bunch of stuff, because we went into this in a lot of ways, knowing all the bad reviews. All it was like World War Z in a way. Like people right. were really down on this. And I'm watching stuff and I'm thinking, well, they probably could have cut that scene or trimmed this. And in my head, I'm thinking about the review, you know, for the show. And but as as I'm watching it and I'm remembering, this is the same group of people that ten years, you know, ten years ago, Pirates of the Caribbean came out. 
And this is the same group of guys that did this. This film, if it had just been, I don't know if, you know, if it had some oversight or if it just had somebody else taking a look at it, it's a real interesting thing. I'm saying in a roundabout way as a way of curiosity through pop culture to get a look at this because it's almost like a time capsule. If Pirates of the Caribbean had been more like this, you know, movies would be a lot different today because a lot of things happened because pirates were so successful. Right. It's so strange to see them get it right before and have the exact same ingredients and get it so wrong. Well, and everything and it's, is, it's everything the exact same thing as the sequels, too. Well, yeah, I mean. and I'm watching... Well, I'm, a, I'm actually um, on the minority of things. I actually kind of... I really like the second one, and I tolerate yeah. the third one. The second one's okay, but... I really love But the then they one, just keep going just and going, going and right. going, and then right. eventually it's like they just don't remember what, what made, the, made first the first one. The right, first exactly. one... Exactly. The first Pirates movie was was one of the biggest surprises yeah. to me in like the history of reviewing movies. I figured it would probably be okay, but yeah. I mostly went to see Johnny Depp. Right. And right. it was really good. Yeah. It was like you could make the exact same comparison that I made earlier with Raiders. It's like Yeah. It's you know, it's that movie only you've gone, you know, Closer further to sequel right. with it instead of you know, it's like they made that first one, and then they forgot what it was that right. made them all good. I mean, you know, the second one was pretty good. But but after that, it's just like they, you know, they're just money drunk or something, right. and, then and they just make whatever they want to right. and go, you know, it's just like I said, this is a good movie because I made it. You know, it's like <laughs> right. we don't have yeah. to – Jodie Foster. We don't have to figure out how stuff works. I just – I'm just looking at this film, and I'm – and there's a part – there are interesting parts to the film – um, there's a couple moments relatively early on when you have to get some backstory, and they do this weird, murky, gray kind of overlaid flashback that's right. kind of stylistic. And, and it reminded me in a strange way, like, this is when the movie should take off hard, and it should be less like what they're doing and more like, and people may not like this, I actually liked National Treasure a lot. It should be like National Treasure. That's another kind of film like this where if it right. had been it's the same sort if it had just been streamlined. Style, right? Yeah, if it had just been more streamlined versus one of the things that really bugged me about the whole thing, and I realize I'm watching a movie where a horse chase is atop a moving train. Right. I get that. Like I'm not saying Superman's cape wouldn't really look like that in right, right. you know. It just seemed like every single time the the really crappy writing was getting too stinky and too amassed, it was time to bring out the ghost of the machine. Right. Like, you, you get everybody trapped in a burning building, what happens? Well, the horse is on the roof. Right, exactly. And there's no rooftop nearby for miles. <laughs> right. I mean, we're alone in the in the West, and there's nothing here but this one building, and yet this, this white magical pegasus is on the roof and can jump, you know, okay, fine, whatever. The horse is there, and it gets them out. But then later... And it's not just about the horse. It's every single time something has to happen, all of a sudden there's a magical intervention. Right. Or like a well, resurrection. And see, and, and that the, real, the thing that's horrible cool. about that for me, and that does happen a lot throughout the film, um, but the the reason that's horrible for me is that, you know, this is just making me think of old movies and old TV shows and old westerns and stuff. Yeah. And since I'm thinking about that, 
what I what I think when that happens is, you know, if you gave this movie to someone in the 40s, they'd have never done that. Right. Right. They'd have said, you know, we can have the horse be like super savior horse guy and not have to be ridiculous right. and make some stupid thing. Because, you know, it would have been just perfectly fine for the horse to just come out of nowhere and knock over that one guy in the back. Right. And then they can get out the back. Right. Or, you know, anything. But, you know, somebody in the 40s making a Western would have said, all right, I got to get him out of the building. Now, <laughs> right. how do I get him out of the building? Right. right. And they just said, well, um, okay, hey, Silver is the only person outside who right. can come save them. Right. And they'd have come up with something. They wouldn't have said, hey, how about – wouldn't it be funny? That would, like, crack me up even, if there was a horse on the road. Even, even in the old – and I don't know a ton of them. Probably you do because your dad you know, really loved them and listened to them more. I mean I know a little bit of the TV show because my, my grandfather used to love watching it. But even – in the history of the Lone Ranger, at one point, like he sends Silver away. He's like, look, you know, he's he's this real honorable, law-abiding guy in the history of the of the character. And if I'm remembering this right, he just sends Silver away. He's like, I don't, you know, you don't have to stay with me. And Silver goes off and then comes back with Tonto, his his horse, Scout. Like he just returns with another horse, and he's like, right. we're with you. Like I was actually thinking, this is the moment when, for some strange reason. Silver's going to come in with Tonto because it looks really weird to have Tonto always riding on the back of Silver with right. the Lone Ranger anyway. Uh, right, and he never gets a horse till the end of the movie. And he doesn't get anything anyway. Sad. So, But and it's just all of these things all added up to being just this really weird, compacted enjoyment. Like there was about 30 minutes in the middle of the film that I was enjoying myself. Like right. I was into it. I was having fun with it. It seemed like they figured out the pace even though it was really awkward and then it just got all convoluted with a $300 million bridge exploding and right. this thing's happening. And and it just got out of control. And then I just started looking at all the negatives, which were really too bad because like what you were saying in the beginning, I mean, I didn't even really have a problem with Tom Wilkinson. But I thought everybody in the cast, with the exception of that woman, I wasn't crazy about her, but everybody in the cast, I thought did great. What woman? The woman, the the. The love wife, interest. yeah, the love interest. Right, there. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, well, she she's not horrible. She but was I, she so not really in the movie, yeah. and and she looked a little out of place. You but. know, this is one. In one sense, um, you know, the guy who plays Butch Cavendish, we should say actually, that guy's, I mean, this all it's Fishner. yeah. One of the things that can wrap this up for you is there's a interview with him that's been kind of going around now the internet where yeah. uh, he refused to twirl his mustache mm -hmm. in the film. So they, so on the one hand, you at least have a guy and he's right. in the movie and he's good. He's really, I, good. I, I loved his character. Yeah, I did too. If you can get to the point where you can love the bad guy and, right. and like how people are portraying bad guys. Yeah. He actually did a really good job. I think as a bad guy, even though he was getting close to the guy who would twirl his mustache. Right. Which was not his fault, right? <laughs> right, right. But you've not only got the guy who's playing him who goes, no, I'm not going to twirl my mustache, but you've got the guys telling him, we want you to twirl your mustache. Those are the people making this movie, are right. the people who go, I want you to twirl your mustache. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just, it's just so, you know, tells you everything right. you need to know that that's what's going on in their minds. But this is also um, a movie. I, I guess maybe we should say the whole beginning of the movie is is 
totally wrong in a way. Yeah. And actually, the Lone Ranger is totally wrong in the movie, which really kind of irritated me. If you want to make the Lone Ranger, make the mm-hmm. Lone Ranger. If you mm-hmm. don't, make up some new guy right. and right. make that movie, right? The solitary gunman. You know, <laughs> right. the, the, you know, whatever. But this whole the Lone Ranger starts out, he won't touch a gun. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He's got like this whole, you know, he right. he basically is one of those people who, you know, in college took philosophy 101 and nothing else and now won't shut up, right? <laughs> And he's, got, he's, like he's got his morals and his <laughs> and and he's just like so hard line and just basically refuses to come to any sort of grips with the fact that he's in the West. Right. And it's the Wild West. Wild, and stuff. Right. And he's he, at one point he kind of comes down to a very weird spin on, you know, this kind of like ultimate pacifism that they're going after these bad guys who are going to shoot you, and he doesn't want a gun. He'll right. t- he'll take his chances because right. <laughs> because because you'll do what? Right. There. I mean, it's just silly at that point. I mean, there's there is actually all his own. The only thing he can do is walk in and die. That's, right. That's all you can right. do without a gun. Yeah. So what's his plan? He right. has he has no plan except that I am espousing my moral code. Mm-hmm. And it gets silly. And it would be one thing if he just was like the Lone Ranger who wanted to, whenever possible, disarm people and take them in because he wants them to go to trial. Right. And he wants to be about, you know, civilizing everything. But it's another thing to say, and so what that means is that he's a total pacifist and doesn't even want to wow. shoot a gun in the first place. I mean, you, you know, it's just his, we're behind our yeah. thing we want to preach about, and right. it's gone wrong. His whole character development is so serial box narrative. You know, like what you said, everything you just said there, what they want to do is they want to make him this superhuman, clean pacifist and then turn him into this lethal gun shooter. Except not so much. And then you don't have, right, and you don't even have to do that, actually. Like, the the crux for the Lone Ranger, at least in this film, is when he realizes that his adherence to the law isn't the most powerful thing, that, that... he can't bring to justice those that are above him in social power or economic power. Right. And therefore he has to represent the law, but act as his own law. And in only doing that because he is so pure, not because he won't touch a gun, but because, but because he knows in fact what touching a gun means, that's the difference. And they don't get it. They don't understand the difference in that, in that specifically. And they want you to understand this huge character arc for, uh, the Lone Ranger, as he goes through this thing, and it's unnecessary, and it bogs things down. And then later, when the film really, I mean, I when I'm watching a summer popcorn film, I'm given to the writing. I understand what it's supposed to do. It's not an Oscar film, right. maybe. Um, when they're both trapped, neck up, in the sand, and the army runs right by them, and the Lone <clears> Ranger, <throat> the guy who's the most yeah. purist, this guy is like Snow White's fantasy boyfriend because birds should just land on him and sing in his ear. He's that pure. He gets pulled free from this trap by Silver, who again just magically knows where they are in the middle of the Wild West. But And you can get pulled out of something by your teeth. teeth. He gets pulled out by his teeth and that's okay too. I'm all on board with all that. But then when he but then when he decides to just leave Tonto and ride away (laughs) and then was like, oh by the way, you know the address I gotta go to. I'll come back and get you. Right. They don't even know who the hell they're writing. All like right. they just had this pure guy who's now going to leave this guy who saved his life numerously. It, it's it's a mis it's a total mistake and a mishmash of 
like 50,000 cooks in the kitchen who don't understand anything about how to simmer water at all. Right. And, and it shows all over the place. And that's why the film sucks. Well, continually. It sucks, it's it sucks bad. for loss of other it's reasons, not. Well, it's but. not. I mean, for me anyway, it wasn't the characters. The guys, they did their job, like what you said. I agree. Right. It's the story. The right. story is too and, long, and it's too confusing, and it's too stupid, and it's too mundane. And it's trying to be, in a way, it's actually more pretentious than this film should even allow itself to be. Right. And in all the wrong well, places. especially because it's trying to be both. It's trying it to be. It. It's trying yeah. to be absolutely ludicrous when you have you know like the rabbits. Yeah. And then at the same <laughs> right. time, it's trying to be you know kind of really pretentious about what it's saying yeah. and and what it's doing. And like you said, it's it's got this character who it's gonna, you know, there are certain points where there's a certain laugh to get out of the fact that he comes back with the cat. Right. 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 And and someone says, well, that's just really stupid. He wouldn't do that. And right. then and then they say, well, but he's this absolutely pure, pure guy, right? Kind of guy. Right. And so that's what he would do. And then you have to go, okay, well, fine. We're committed to this, right? You know, absolute do-gooder craziness, right? Right. And then later on, when you've got certain situations like the Tano thing. <laughs> leaving him behind and stuff, then yeah. you go, well, he just leaves him behind, and then you go, well, what about this whole right. absolutely pureness? Right. And they say, well, uh, he has to shift eventually and yeah. get to the point right. where he will shoot somebody or something, and I don't know. It's, it it runs afoul of its own well, it, it's logic. Just, it, doesn't have any, it doesn't have any hindsight or foresight. And another example, just because you were bringing up Cavendish, like there's a moment when you realize he's not the real villain of the film, and and I mean he is the he is a bad guy, but he's not the bad guy. And uh, this is the guy who's had posse after posse going out after him. This is who the entire first part of the film is centered around. Like they're bringing right. him in, everybody's nervous, and his face is on wanted posters everywhere. He looks like a villain. I love the makeup on him too. I love right. the the sneering lip that he's got. But all of a sudden, he just starts showing up. In the community, and no one's like, when hey, by the way, when aren't it's you when it's toward the end Like, of the near movie, the end of the film, right. he's just walking around in broad daylight amongst right. everybody, and there's a small group of people who at, are the at bad that guys. Point, it, it, at that point, it's kind of like it doesn't matter it, anymore. Well, it doesn't you know? matter to them because they're, they're just so interested in the rest of it. But I'm looking at this, and I'm like, why doesn't somebody look at them and go, hey, aren't Hello? you? Hello. You're <laughs> right. all dressed in black. You smell like, you know, you should. You look bad. Right. You know, you're, I mean, aren't you Kevin? You're you clearly a bad you guy. Know? But nobody cares, right? And, well, and it's that it's that mistaken writing all over the place that they didn't that, that is surprising. This crew doesn't have in a lot of their films. And right. It's just weird to see how awkward and clumsy and horrible when they just aren't paying attention. And, and yet there are actually some good points. But that that actually brings up another thing that I didn't like in the movie, and that is, um, for one thing, the whole like I said, the whole beginning is. Is yeah. goofy and has nothing to do with the uh, original Lone Ranger. Um, it, especially this whole, uh, I'm kind of okay with the fact that we've worked in Tonto being on the train. Kind of, we're gonna yeah. have a kind of a different way that they meet. Right. You know, um, I, I'm kind of irritated that we've suddenly made up the fact that Kimosabi means wrong brother. Yeah, because. No. It does not. Right. And what's funny is you can go to Wikipedia and it will say, like, also in Comanche, it means oh, they've just wrong brother. It. And then, like, the citation is, it <laughs> says so in this movie, right? <laughs> and it's really, awesome. it's really funny. But um, 
one of the things that I really didn't like about it is the movie starts off by going, this guy is the bad guy. Yeah. I mean, Tom Wilkinson comes into the movie in the first couple of minutes, you see him in the movie, and no one has ever been more the obvious bad guy, like, ever. He's I was going to, yeah. He's, he, he's, like, horrific. It's like... And it's in this, you know, weird Western community, but yeah. it's it, he's just so obviously the bad guy I know. that it, it really runs weird. It would be one thing if he were the big shot and he were, eh, you know, he's yeah. a little slimy because maybe he's a big <laughs> shot and he's, you know, full of himself because he's a big fish in a small pond kind of a thing. Right. But it's just obvious that he's the total bad guy. Yeah. And if the way you want to run the story is the way that it goes like this, that doesn't work. Right. I mean, he's got he's to be selling good guyness somehow right. to someone in order to pull off what they're trying to pull off. And there's nobody around that could possibly right. <laughs> not go, wow, you are such a creepy, you know. Right. It, I mean, he's almost should be twirling his mustache. Right. I mean, it's it's. I thought Obnoxious, he was going to. I right? just thought he was going to in a a period, not in a movie trope kind of thing, but just in a time period kind of thing. Like he would just be standing there talking to someone, and he'd twirl it, and it would be the most innocent thing, right? Because like you just, assume you do do it, right? If you have that type of, of facial hair um, at that point, but there was a as soon as I saw Tom Wilkinson, and I actually forgot he was in the movie, but the moment right. I saw him, I'm like, there you go. Right. But there was a and just as a small digression, there was a small window of time, maybe five years in the in the in the early '90s, when if Alan Alda was in a movie, he was the bad guy. Right. Every time I every time and he showed up suddenly in a lot of films like Murder at 1600 and all these films. And any time he would show up, I'm like, no guessing. Right, Alan right. Alda is always this bad guy. And if you see him on screen, he's not really the bad guy, but he is. Right. And Tom Wilkinson is that guy. Right. So he he plays that guy. It made me think of that. I thought of that too. I, but you know, there there were certain other good things about the movie too. I did I liked Johnny Depp. And I should say because uh you kinda this threw you kinda threw this out at the beginning. Um he actually came up with that himself. I know. He he came up with his makeup and having yeah. the crow on his head. He like made that whole thing up himself. There's a there's a painting that I saw this morning that is exact. It's, I mean, it's not like this American Gothic thing. It's not the most famous thing in the world. I just saw a painting that he apparently saw, and he's. It's exactly the replica. Right. Yeah. He. It's a very he famous said Native he's, American he's like he like Googled it he looking for it. ideas it's, it's or whatever. Exactly him. It's right. got the bird on his head. It's got the the black scratches down the face. And the white and I'm like, wow, that's a literal translation. And, of and that he painting. said, yeah, it's and awesome he, he said it looked really cool, it and he thought it was cool. a good idea. And it you know, awesome. he would have this little spirit, cool helper, spirit helper bird. Right. I thought he was good, except that there were times he he was a little corny, but yeah, it, it's. And I'm know. not going to hold him to that. I I love Johnny Depp. I don't know that I really love that version of Tonto. It seemed so badly like a combination of what Tonto was supposed to be and Mr. Miyagi and Yoda in one person. <laughs> right. And I understand that that's partially because of you know the pigeon speak that that Tonto was supposed to have instead of saying uh sentences and they eventually had him do these things later, but instead of saying things like I think he went that way. He would say him go that way. Right. You know, it was very broken and very easy to understand. I don't know. There were just it, it, when he played it for fun, it seemed very Miyagi like, and when he right. tried to be serious, it seemed very drawl Yoda Miyagi like. I just 
I love watching Johnny Depp, and I thought he did a good job with it. I just still wasn't too into this one. Right. Now, I, I still think that he did good. We have, we have like, clips that we're apparently not yeah, going to we play. Yeah, well, we should hear it. we got plenty of time. I think that he did good, but there's, at some point, I think that, you know, he's he's had the Kool-Aid by now or something. Like, yeah. I, I think what Man. the the part that was written was a little on the awful side, especially at certain times. But, you know, I still liked him. It's just that I didn't, I didn't love the character all the time, but I still liked him and he was a lot of fun. And especially when, um, we were getting towards the end, big chase things. And, and like we said, the big ladder thing, but even, but even like that whole part, you know, like for, probably five minutes before yeah. and up to that and the whole, you know, climbing under the train and the whole yeah. part like that. I thought, I thought he was good. He was it's fun. not like he had to do a lot of talking during that part, but <laughs> right. But Man, it, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird time for him and his personal projects like dark shadows. Right. Lone Ra- I mean, he wanted to be Tonto. You know, I thought this would have been an interesting movie too, if it had, and it would have, it could have backfired because people could have put all the impetus for this on him and being like, oh, now he thinks he's a superstar. Uh, you know, I would have thought it would have been a really awesome movie if he had been more about Tonto with the Lone Ranger as kind of like a secondary character. Right. But that's well, the there, we got. like kind of in the way that people used to see the Green Hornet show, which was the Cato show. Right. With the Green Hornet as like his backup. Like I would have been really interested in that because I think. I think though the Lone Ranger's motives are more interesting, I think Tonto's story is more engaging. Well, I think so. that I, I think that basically where you get with this is that they made a bunch of decisions on how they were gonna kind of change things around, yeah. right? I mean, really what happens in the Lone Ranger right. <laughs> is that, you know, Tonto just finds the graves. Right. I mean there's nothing before that. There's just yeah. There's just Tonto well, finds the grave. Do I, am I remembering that right? As a kid, like he saved Tonto. Yeah. And, and then they just don't see each other for a long time. And then right. that kind of – When, I when he finds them – yeah, when he finds them yeah. uh, in the graves, he recognizes uh, – John. He recognizes yeah. him as someone who saved him oh, when right. he was a kid and stuff. And so then – I couldn't remember if that was it or if that was like a version – that I'd thought but of. so all of this craziness and and all of this whole yeah. giant Tano story, which I like the Tano story, yeah, you, you know, and and all of the uh, you know the Lone Ranger is really some total pacifist and stuff. That's <laughs> that's like all from this movie and all of the things that you get that come out of the decision that now we've made this Lone Ranger. <laughs> Right. You know, that just changes everything and they don't actually know what to do with it. They right. like the fact that they made that decision. Right. But then they don't really they don't know, know where to go with it. And and one of the things I think that really stands out as uh pointing to that so clearly is uh Helena Bonham Carter in the movie. Right. Who you have got to hope that there's a bunch of her on the cutting room floor yeah. because she's on screen for like Two and a half total minutes right. in this movie, yeah. and she's only in the first part, so that we can have her do the dumb shotgun leg thing at the end. Right, and you know that by the time they made the final cut of this movie, they were kind of going, "Well, can we get rid of her altogether?" And then yeah. they were like, "Well, okay, can we get rid of just that first scene? We can't get rid of that first scene because we have to have 
Because we've already movies. filmed the last scene where yeah. she does this with her leg, and we like the way that worked out. Yeah. And so now we still have to have this earlier scene that's really pointless. Absolutely. Jabber, right? Yeah. Yep. And we could have got rid of that, except that then, how weird would it be if she just shows up at the end with the with goofy shotgun leg. leg that we haven't explained before? <laughs> right. And it's just, it, there's so much of, I guess, watching this movie just, that is just, you know, maybe in the, you know, 20-hour film that exists, right. <laughs> there's like a good film in there somewhere. If yeah. we can cut out the rabbits. And, and, and that's why a lot of it bugs me so much is because... There is a good movie a good in movie here in somewhere. Yeah, there is. If we gave this to totally different yeah, people, I agree. had the same actors and said, you know what, we're just going to really do the Lone Ranger, yeah. not try and sell ourselves as right. super crazy action people or yeah, whatever, this, I agree. it could have really been good. You're right. All right, we got like five minutes, and we yeah, have we have some clips. talking. We might right, as well uh, check some of, some of it out. I've got um, Army Hammer, um, you know, uh, answering a question about the opening of the story, and I think it's really funny. You know, the Lone Ranger and Tonto in this story meet the same way they did in the first episode of the TV show. There's uh, an Indian scout who's out patrolling, and he comes across a bunch of dead rangers. He thinks they're all dead and starts to bury them and you know, give them their last rites and all that. And, uh, and, then, um, and then one of them turns out to actually be alive, and he kind of nurses the guy back to health because of, uh, because of the... The spirits basically show Tonto like this is the guy, nurse him back, like this is going to be a warrior. So he does it, and, um, and it turns out to be, you know, John Reed, the kind of like a bumbling fool who has to find his way in like the the West. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not in his grain, like it's not in his blood to kind of jump on a horse and grab a gun and just run off into Indian territory. Like that's that's against his nature. So it's sort of he has to learn to become the Lone Ranger, and you kind of see that process. So I, what I think is funny about that is yeah. that he says that this starts off just like it did in the TV show. Right. And what he means is Tonto finds their graves. Right. And nothing else. Nothing else. Forget the other 35 <laughs> nothing minutes. Nothing else right. of everything that he said has anything to do with right. the original story. It's all about the movie. And not only that, but you know, in in the movie, there is actually the part where he finds their graves. Right. But there's a whole bunch of stuff before that right. that is com- completely unique weird, to the movie and has know. nothing to do with the show. But anyway, I just I think it's what it it almost seems it's almost like it's another one of those quotes where I don't know that he's seen the final cut. <laughs> yeah. By the t- when he's right. saying he that, he does because, have to go on a journey, and there's one very quick moment near the end where he has to make this shot. And I actually did like the because I think Army Hammer is a very talented right. guy, and he's riding on silver, and he's like, "I can do this. I'm a spirit walker. Right. I'm going to make this." Sh-. Like he's he, convincing himself, and he, you know, he's the Lone Ranger. He makes the shot, but it's a very casually cool moment. Right, I, I like that moment. Right, so. where and and that's one of the few things that could have right. gone very wrong that actually yeah, went right. right. This one I think is really funny because it's Johnny Depp, and I, you know I love Johnny Depp, but yeah, this this whole thing kind of cracks me up. Gore was really the only guy to make this film. I mean, it's a very you know like like the you know first few pirates that he did. Um, there's there's there was just no one else that could have that could could have come close to fitting all this information into this you know. Uh, couple hour thing you know uh, uh, with as much kind of insanity and and uh, mad uh, action sequences and 
and also you know real life tragedies you know in terms of character you know character histories and things like that Gore's his attention to detail is is I've never seen anything like it he's incredible and so you know the thing that I think that is funny about that is that that is all true yeah <laughs> which I think is yeah. just amazing to have for Johnny Depp to be able to go look I'm going to say all these things that are exactly true <laughs> I don't know. Um, we are uh, desperately running out of time, but the thing that yeah. I, I I wanted to play that clip because that stuff is all true. It's just that it it doesn't translate it doesn't into making the right movie. Right. And really, the things that are positives about Gore Verbinski are are legitimate positive things. Yeah. That you know Johnny Depp is not saying stuff that's not true. Right. It's just that that does not translate right. into One making thing. sure that you've got a good movie. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we should we should just get out yeah, that's um, with our, our hour. Thanks so much for tuning in. And, you know, now next week is Pacific Rim, I yeah, think. should be fun. Um, we will see you next week. Thanks so much for uh, listening to the show. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minion! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.